All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Wednesday, November 23rd, pre-Thanksgiving edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL player, current Chicago Blackhawks television analyst, Colby Cohen. Colby, how you doing? I'm good. Thanksgiving is here, Frank, so always some excitement in the air. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite holidays. Today specifically is one of my favorite days of the year, usually one of the drunkest days in the U.S. And uh, looking forward to catching up with some old friends. And we all have a lot to be thankful for as we hit the holiday season. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's stick with that Thanksgiving theme. I'm going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions, Thanksgiving theme style, about the NHL season as we hit the quarter mark. So best main course uh, so best, biggest storyline to this point in the season for you? Yeah, there's been a couple, Frank, but I'm going to go with what I know, and that's the Boston Bruins. I mean, I think a lot of people thought they would be worse off without Bruce Cassidy, but having played for Bruce Cassidy for quite a few seasons myself, knowing the weight that was probably lifted off a lot of the players' shoulders, that team may never lose again. They've played great hockey. They look free. A lot of smiles amongst that roster. And I think the Bruins are going to be real trouble for everybody for the rest of the season. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about Bruce Cassidy, but then I look at the Vegas Golden Knights and they're off to a 15-4-1 start leading the Pacific Division. I say, huh, that's interesting. So best side dish, and first you've got to give me your favorite Thanksgiving side dish, and then tell me about a player or team that hasn't been talked about nearly enough. 
Well, this is my favorite part of Thanksgiving, and that's sweet potato pie. I mean, the way that my family makes it, they put the marshmallows on top, goes back in the oven, so they get a little crispy Ooh. on the outside. So I would say that would be my favorite side dish to eat. Now, as far as the NHL goes, my favorite side dish and story so long has been Jonathan Taves. I mean, I get to watch this guy up close and personal every day. And he's been the most consistent player for the Chicago Blackhawks this season. He's been good offensively. Uh, he's using that big frame. He's scoring goals around the net. He's got five or six tip goals already. I think he's on pace for 35 to 40 goals this season if he continues. Um, so that's been really intriguing and enjoyable to watch this season. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leon Dreisaitl as the best side dish. You look at the stat leaderboards and – how good Dreisaitl's season has been as McDavid has run away with probably at this point in the quarter mark, the Hart Trophy again this season with how good McDavid has been, the, the rate at which he's scoring goals, and yet Dreisaitl's right there behind him. So I think he's been the best side dish. What about, you mentioned uh, sweet potato pie, how about best dessert? Sweetest play that you've seen to this point in the season, what stands out for you? Sweetest moment maybe? Yeah, I'm going to go with a moment. And this actually just happened the other night at a game that I, I was fortunate to take part in, uh, being between the benches for the Chicago Blackhawks against the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night. And they retired Marion Hosa's jersey, which was incredible. But there was another story that evening, and it was Evgeny Malkin's 1,000th game. We all have been familiar with uh, the superstar throughout his career. But the Pittsburgh Penguins surprised Malkin. They flew his wife and his son into Chicago, and then they had the little guy come in and do the starting lineup, completely caught Malkin by surprise. You could see the tears coming down his eyes. I just love to see when the little kids get involved with their dad's hockey. Yeah, speaking of tears, great moment as well over the weekend with Alex Goligoski and the Minnesota Wild. It's healthy scratch in 12 out of 13 games. Finally gets in the lineup, gets the <clears> celebration <throat> uh, with the silver stick for playing in his 1,000th career NHL game. And then scores the OT winner, and he's conducting his post-game interview and just cannot help himself. He's so emotional. So love seeing stuff like that. These guys put in so much work, and you can just see how emotional it was for him in this interview. So great stuff all around. Really looking forward to Thanksgiving, and thanks, Cole, for helping set the table. But as we hit Thanksgiving, it's also an important point of reflection for NHL teams. We've now, as we're hitting the quarter mark, got a really good sense of what teams are what they need and what they aren't. And it's also a time to sit back and look at some math. It's been a traditional waypoint, a rite of passage where you say, hey, maybe this team has a bit of a rougher road in order to get in, or maybe one of these teams that's on the outside looking in will be able to get in. So I want to go east first and then west, but in the east, give me a team that's outside of the playoff picture now that you think will ultimately find a way to get themselves in. Yeah, there was a couple that I liked, Frank, but, you know, I'm going to stay with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just talked about Malkin. I just talked about the game against the Chicago Blackhawks the other day. And, you know, with the vantage point that I have being between the benches, you know, I'm privy to see a lot of the little details that are going on throughout the game. And just the way that Mike Sullivan coaches, I think the accountability amongst the Pittsburgh Penguins players and the way that they stay on top of the puck, uh, it's, it's impressive. They were really smothering against the Blackhawks the other night. And, I mean, that was just a treat to watch Crosby at ice level. He had four points the other night and looked pretty possessed. When those superstars see each other, Crosby and Malkin, 
Kane and Taves, those guys like to amp up their game. So I think that Pittsburgh is going to catch uh, eventually Detroit, and I do think the Penguins will make the playoffs this year. So Pittsburgh's a good pick. They are riding a 16-season playoff streak. So the smart money would be on them to get it together. But I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers in the East because you look at some of their underlying metrics, a team that's averaging close to 40 shots a game, if not more than that, um, they're just not scoring. And I don't know why that is, but they've also had some tough injury luck. They've got some cap issues. They've got a trade coming up that we talked about uh, in Icebreakers yesterday on this show. There's a lot in the mix, some new faces, new coach. I think they're going to find a way to figure it out and get in. The numbers seem to point to that. What about the West? Who's on the outside that you think is going to get in? Uh, in the West, looking uh, the outside looking in, um, I think Edmonton. I've got the Oilers. You know, I've, got, I, I've got the I, Oilers. They're an easy pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see how with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, you're not going to get in the playoffs. I think Skinner has started to show some competence back there in goal. Um, who knows what's going on with Jack Campbell? Obviously, you like to see him, you know, get healthy and get going. Um, but but ultimately, there's no playoffs without Connor McDavid. A very sluggish start for the Oilers at 10 and 9. Some glimpses where they look great and some nights where they really are hard to figure out. So much of it has been goaltending at times too. So let's talk about some teams where the math is already beginning to get hard in a hurry. And one team that I'd like to highlight in the East, Colby, is the Washington Capitals. They've played 20 games to this point. They have 17 points. Yes, we know injuries have been an issue for Peter Laviolette's team, but just on a pure math basis, to get to 96 points, which has traditionally been the barrier to entry for the playoffs, that means they need to come up with 79 over their final 62 games. And I was an English major, so no one said math was my strong suit. But if <laughs> you're doing the math correctly... That means that they need to go something like 35, 18, and 9 down the stretch in order to get in. I personally don't see it with this team. Um, I don't see it even when they can get some guys healthy and they have some guys that aren't going to be coming back at all. Um, that's a lot. It's a daunting task, and it feels like in, in the NHL in particular, it begins to get late early. Is there another team in the East or West that you say, man, they're just not going to be able to find a way to dig themselves out of the hole that they're already in. Yeah, you make a lot of really good points there. And I tend to agree with everything that you said. And while I don't think Florida is going to get into the playoffs, the team for this that I've chosen is Minnesota. I just think similarly to what you said, it's, it's getting late quick. And uh, they didn't start well. Uh, we saw them in preseason a lot. They looked like they were going to be a good team. I think some of those uh, dead cap hits are starting to catch up with them. Uh, within their depth, they lost Fiala. Fleury's been injured. He hasn't quite looked like himself um, You know, early season. Gustafson does not look like a goaltender that is going to go in and win games when Fleury can't play. Um, so ultimately, I don't think Minnesota is going to be a playoff team this year. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that about Gustafson and that trade that went down Cam Talbot for Gustafson. I remember applauding GM Bill Guerin at the time saying, look, if Cam Talbot is demanding an extension and isn't getting one, you don't need that drama. You don't need that circus. You've been through all that. You already got rid of some guys in Zach Parise and Ryan Suter that you felt like maybe weren't the best influence on your team based on the way things have been going. You don't want to invite more of that in. 
But now, even though Cam Talbot has been injured, you say he probably would look really good in a tandem with Marc-Andre Fleury this season. Maybe that's one that ends up coming back to bite the Minnesota Wild. And, and you're right, it does begin to get late early for them, considering that they're on pace for 82 points. Again, the math not working in their favor, a lot of ground to make up. We'll talk more math shortly uh, with our friend Cam Sharon, but one more topic to get to, Colby. And I admit that this one probably seems a little bit off the wall. I was on the Fan 590 yesterday in Toronto, and they asked me about this, and my brain basically exploded if you go back and listen to the clip thinking about it because I was saying earlier in the day how much of a long shot any trade for Eric Carlson will be from the San Jose Sharks, given that it's probably going to be one of the most complicated transactions in league history, an $11.5 million cap hit for each of the next four seasons beyond this one, someone that's been playing at a superstar elite talent. You look at him behind only Dreisaitl and McDavid on the scoring leaderboard to this point in the season, doing things on the ice that really only very few players on planet Earth can do. He's a treat to watch, but the contract is daunting. And so if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're sitting there, you've got Morgan Riley out until sometime in 2023, Jake Muzzin likely gone for the season, and TJ Brody out, also probably unreliable given his injury history, to count on him in a real significant way, even though he is a gamer. They're in a spot where they've got some big decisions to make, whether it's short-term stopgap solution or trading for a bigger piece. And, and as much as I tried to downplay this idea that made my brain explode, I've taken a step back to think about it here in the last 12 to 18 hours saying, well, hold on a second. Is there any chance that this makes any sense? And you might look at it and say, well, from a pure future perspective, the Leafs with three guys already having eight-figure contracts in, in Tavares and Marner and Matthews, they need Eric Carlson like they need a hole in their head. But if you consider some of the other pieces that we've talked about earlier in the week on this show, a John Kligberg, for instance, as a pickup from Anaheim or someone else that you might have to trade for, Jacob Chikrin or whoever it might be, Matt Roy in L.A., they're all going to have acquisition costs where you need to give up a first-round pick and prospects in order to make something like that happen. So if you're the Leafs and you don't have to trade really much from your roster in order to take on this contract to make the math work, there's a way to do it and take on the whole deal. Could you actually make the argument that it makes more sense for the Leafs' future to be able to play a first-round pick and prospects on entry-level contracts at a certain point and trade for Carlson? Am I really even asking this question? You, Frank, as beautiful as a monologue as that just was... I'm going to go ahead and just shut that down quickly because it does not make sense. I mean, you look at the money that is distributed amongst that blue line, even though we don't know what the future holds for a couple of their players that are injured, it's just too much money. $11.5 million. Does he really get you over the edge come playoff hockey? I've watched San Jose this year probably more times than I normally would because David Quinn, a former coach of mine, um, is their head coach, Mike Greer, uh, a former workout partner of mine at Mike Boyles, is their GM. So I want to watch them. I want to support them. There's a lot of holes in Eric Carlson's defensive game, and I'm not, I'm not questioning the offense. He's been incredible offensively. He is just on a run like we haven't seen. He's scoring goals at a clip, right? But does his style of play get the Leafs where they want to go in the playoffs? I'm not sure. You play against the Bruins in the first round with all that firepower up front. Is he stopping one of those three? 
I just don't see it. It's too much money. I'd rather see them give up an acquisition cost, as you said, to go secure a guy, uh, a couple of those defensemen that you mentioned. And I think Kyle Dubas is, is, is GMing for today and tomorrow. I don't think he's thinking five years down the road right now. They've got a window. They've got players' contracts that are starting to come up and be expiring. It just doesn't make sense to me. Kind of just reminded me how this played out, our conversation, the scene from Billy Madison when he goes on the rant at the end and the guy says, I award you no points and may God <laughs> have mercy on your soul. And that's basically how I feel at this exact moment. Speaking of the Leafs, let's get to one of their former front office analysts in Cam Sharon for the number crunch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Pleased to welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live, former Toronto Maple Leafs analyst, uh, Cam Sharon for the number crunch, which is delivered by DoorDash. Cam, when you look um, at Morgan Riley and being out, we were just talking about some of the, the needs on the Leafs blue line and how they could possibly solve it. How will the Leafs find a way to move the puck? Well, I just want to start off by agreeing with Colby about the about the Leafs' need for Eric Carlson. <laughs> I just don't think it's a big fit for them, especially because the way that the Leafs deploy their defensemen isn't necessarily in an offensive role. What these defensemen typically do is set the puck up for, for their forwards and less take control of the game on their own. So one player in particular that I, I think is incredibly underrated is a guy like Justin Hall. And Justin Hall takes a lot of abuse uh, on Twitter from Leafs fans for his, uh, you know, he'll make the odd mistake here and there. But one thing he's incredibly good at is just making sure that the puck exits the defensive zone with control. In fact, he's the best on the Maple Leafs among their defensemen this year uh, at, con at aiding con uh, controlled exits. That's passing the puck or carrying the puck uh, outside the blue line and retaining control of it. So... 
uh, we do have a graph for this uh, coming up here. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, here we are. So you know, he's been the best on the team, and I've also added uh, defensive zone pass completion percentage in as well. These are my these are numbers that I track on my own for each game, uh, for each Leafs and Canucks game. And I'm finding that that Hall, uh, despite his faults, he is the one that's been able to move the puck well. He's been able to get the puck out. He's able to avoid the breakout, avoid or uh, avoid the four checkers and assist in the breakout. And mainly just getting the puck on the sticks of the forwards that uh, that that can then go in and do the damage at the other end. They haven't necessarily been doing that. You know, Riley has been very strong this year for the Leafs, of course, and he's been very strong in this regard. Uh, you know, ever since I've been with the Leafs. And it's going to be something they miss, but, you know, Mac Hollowell, who they've called up to replace him, uh, he's going to be on the third pair. He's also been a very good puck mover for the Toronto Marlies. That's kind of been his calling card as just like what the Leafs like to target from their front office. So I don't, so that's going to be the thing, that's going to be the key thing, but I really like Hall and I don't think that the Leafs are going to be in that big of an issue they're not going to have that big of a problem because they still have that strongest defenseman who can do that, and he does that against top opposition every night. Cam, did you ever think I'd be asking you a question about the New Jersey Devils going for their 14th straight win against the Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, we're really hitting the Toronto Maple Leafs hard today, and they're going to have yeah. a, a tough task in New Jersey tonight, as, as I said, as they go for their 14th. But what about the way the New Jersey Devils are playing has most impressed you throughout this streak? I guess you could say season. The streak is the season, right? Yeah, so I don't I'm not sure if I want to be in a world where the New Jersey Devils are the fastest and most exciting team in the NHL. It just seems strange. <laughs> but the fact is they've been tremendous. Uh I, I've I've loved watching this team throughout the entire year. One thing that they're great at is they're not just good off the rush, but they're really good at those uh, at getting those defensemen to pinch and just continue offensive sequences. So instead of just going down, last year they had some really good rushing forwards. You know, you have Jack Hughes, you have Jesper Pratt, you have you have the ability to just get into the zone, create a quick chance. But one thing they've been able to do this year is once the puck's in the zone, they can turn that possession from being a 10-second possession into a 20-second possession or a 30-second possession. And that really starts with how good the defensemen have been at the point at just pinching and keeping the puck in, forcing the turnovers, and forcing uh, the, the opposition into bad breakouts. And so the Leafs played the Devils last week. And one thing I noticed... esoteric way of looking at hockey but it's a it's a very good indicator of how effectively a team was able to break out so this is the leafs every single game this year and you see, see that red game against the devils was their third worst performance on the league in that uh on the season in that regard and well below their season average this is something that the leafs really need if they're going to have success in this in this league they they're a team that needs to be able to break the puck out quickly get the puck to those forwards as i mentioned so New Jersey's ability to just really shut them down, and I was looking at the, uh, at how New Jersey created their chances. For one, they had two to one chances against the Leafs. Uh, they were uh, they they had they took twenty and they allowed ten uh, in that game, and most of them were from those cycle plays, from creating those turnovers, and just keeping the puck in, keeping the puck moving. So that's the that's the kind of game that the Devils have been really great at this year. Why they're a massive improved team from uh, from a year ago? They're not just dangerous off the rush. They can really hem you in 
and take up those, you know, take up that time. And that's especially strong when they have the lead. I was watching a, a, another couple of games where they have the lead. They just don't give you any time to get going or to mount any sort of offensive attack. They're really good at holding their opponents a single digit scoring chances. And just watching that Leafs-Devils game made it very clear. I don't think the Leafs are very or are, should be considered among the elite teams in the East anymore. The Devils really are. They've been so impressive this year, and I love watching them. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Cam, when you take a look at everything the Devils have done, their style of play. They may not win 13 in a row in these chunks like this to close out the year. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a, a bump in the road that New Jersey hits, but so much of what they're doing is repeatable, and they do feel like the real deal in terms of the way that they play. And their underlying numbers, to your point, uh, really hit that home as well. Thanks so much to Cam for joining us today for the number crunch. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25, big game day, uh, Canada in the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. You don't want to cook. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on that first order. Thanks to Cam for the number crunch. We'll talk to you next week, Cam. Yeah, great to be on. All right, Colby, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. And the question is, if you were king of the castle in the NHL for a day, as uh, I know a guy who knows a guy asked us on Twitter, if there was a single rule change you would make or rewrite, what would it be? Uh, this is one that I have been saying. I pitched it on my Shark Tank show a couple of weeks ago at NBC Chicago, but it's all about the salary cap and it's all about teams that draft and develop players well. And the, what I would change is I would give teams a 20% discount on the cap when they re-sign homegrown players to contracts over, let's say, five years. So if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you've got all these young superstars that are all coming up for contracts at the same time and you sign them to a, let's say, 10-year, 10, 10 million a year deal, well, that would actually only count as $8 million a year against your cap and therefore, we would be rewarding teams for keeping their drafted players in their hometowns, which to me is really rewarding the fans. And I think that we've seen it with different players throughout time that haven't been able to stay because young players might have been up for their second contract. Older players who had been drafted, developed, and stayed haven't been able to. So to me, I think that that's something that would uh, benefit the game and the fans greatly. And I think the league is healthy and the owners would go for it and could afford it. So are you saying one player or any player that's drafted by your organization? Any player, any homegrown player, if you draft them and you develop them and they become a star, you are given some sort of discount against the cap. I think the number should be 20, but I would obviously be willing to negotiate that between the PA and the league. Um, and, and teams should be given a little bit of a discount for the success in, in doing a nice job drafting. And I think that that would, you know, change the way uh, people are thinking about trading prospects, moving on from draft picks. And I think that, again, it's all about the fans. You have the fans that buy the jersey and then their favorite players have to go somewhere else because we have a triple hard salary cap system. I really like the idea. I could already hear the NHL and the owners groveling about the idea of, oh, how do we split this up with the 50-50 pie and all that? Who cares? Figure that out later. But I think you're right. Teams should be rewarded. A real quick rule change for me, 
take away the ability to ice the puck when you're on the penalty kill. If you are an American-born hockey player growing up in the USA hockey system now, you can no longer ice the puck on the penalty kill. They force you to be creative. We have an entire new generation of American-born players that are coming up. This is the only way that they know how to play. All of a sudden, you would get to pro hockey, and then all of a sudden you're given an out. You're given an escape to be able to ice the puck when you're killing a penalty. Makes no sense to me. Force teams and players to be creative, to do something, make a play, as opposed to just dumping it down the other end of the ice. And I think in return, you could also potentially create a little more offense as well. That's my rule change. Great question from, I know a guy who knows a guy. Great username as well. Let's get to our daily face-off, daily points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler Ramchuk, how you doing? Uh, good. Two for two last night, three and two on the week. So looking to keep that hot streak going. Can I suggest to someone who bets on player props, shots that hit the post count as shots on goal? Uh, can I get away with that no. one? No. Okay, too bad. All right. Anyways, won't change my mindset tonight. I got three plays on a busy NHL slate, so let's jump right into it. Starting with a matchup between the St. Louis Blues and the Buffalo Sabres. We nailed the over yesterday in the Sabres-Habs game. Buffalo playing the second of back-to-backs. And how about this? This is the third time this month they've had to play back-to-back -back games. The first two times, they've not only lost the second half of the back-to-back, -back, they didn't. the other team covered the puck line in that game as well. So I like taking St. Louis on the puck line. It's a pretty juicy plus 165. And St. Louis is red hot right now. So as soon as I see Jordan Binnington as the confirmed starter for the Blues, I'm going to be all over St. Louis minus a goal and a half at plus 165. And a couple of shot props tonight quickly. I love Clayton Keller because the line is set at one and a half, not two and a half. Taking him to go over a shot and a half is only paying out minus 170, but he's crushed this in five straight games and he's hit it in seven of his last 10. And I like Aaron Ekblad minus 150 to go over two and a half shots on goal as well. He's also hit this one in five straight. He's hit this in six of eight games on the season as well. So those are my three plays tonight. Frank Keller and Ekblad on the shot prop, St. Louis to cover the puck line. Love it, Tyler. We'll keep an eye on those. And thank you for... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. For our points bet daily bets segment that brings us to garbage time. Colby, I usually cede the floor to my guests, but I wanted to give a little love to Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars, who have had a fantastic start to their season. And if you looked at the NHL's scoring leaders to this point in the season, you'd see Eric Carlson there. And in the month of November, you'd see Jamie Ben there, who has more goals and more points 
than Connor McDavid in the month of November. You'd think, what year is this, 2014? I wish. That was before I had kids. Life was simpler then, and I also weighed 40 fewer pounds. So you think back to all that Jamie, Ben, and frankly, my body has been through since then, and you say, wow, it's pretty impressive what Ben and Sagan have been able to accomplish. Given the injuries that they've played through, it's been a long grind to get to this point. They've been roundly criticized, not just publicly, but also internally by their own owner. And it's become public at a certain point, his discontent with the contracts that that team handed out to those players. Yes, they're on to the next generation of stars with the stars in Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz and Jake Ottinger. But Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have the ability at this moment in time, this season, to help make the Stars a true Stanley Cup contender with their play. So wanted to give them a little love. Beautifully done. There you go. And uh, I thought you would enjoy the weight references as well. Working on that. I'm going to get to it. Uh, thanks to Colby Cohen. Uh, so much to be thankful for, uh, not the least of which is having you join our show, Daily Faceoff Live, from time to time. Thanks to Tyler Uremchuk, Cam Sharon, and our head of production, Alex Lar. That's all the time we have for today's show. Take a little break for Thanksgiving, but we'll be back with a Black Friday edition. And until then, if you're in the U.S., have a great Thanksgiving. And if you're not, enjoy the games, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. To All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're gonna be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you gotta pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.